Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. In this episode of the Fifth Estate Podcast, we have Andrew Philippou, Philip, see, man, I, I practiced it beforehand, Philippopoulos. My apologies. I'm, I'm thinking of um, Mark Philippousis and it's just like, just that got into my head and I couldn't get it out. Anyway, my apologies. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to start again. I'm just going to keep it rolling. So I've got Andrew Philippopoulos, who is running as the Freedom Party candidate for the Mill Park district in the coming state election. Uh, welcome, Andrew. Thank you for having me, Emma. That's all right. Now, um, for after I massacred that intro, uh, can you tell people who you are and uh, a little bit of a Reader's Digest version of your life? Um, I, yeah, so as you mentioned, Andrew Philippopoulos, I'm running for the Mill Park district in the lower house. Um, I've been with the Freedom Party since its inception recently uh, over the past few months. Uh, before that, I was actually the campaign manager for Morgan Jones and Monica Smith that ran as independents during the federal election. Um, from a professional point of view, after further studies uh, in international business at Swinburne, uh, I've worked at a bank for many years, worked in the disability employment services and um, managed the Star Casino's corporate office out of Melbourne. Um, but approximately a year ago to the date, I decided to make a stand on moral, ethical and constitutional grounds. When certain mandates came in and I was asked to obtain certain private information of staff, um, I decided to make a stand in regards to that. Um, at one of the uh, big protests in Melbourne and resulting protest in regards to what the government uh, was doing, continues to do in a lot of ways. Um, but I saw that as one key pushback in a number of areas that is, has, is, and I think for a while will continue to concern me. Um, and that is what is occurring within the education system as a whole. Mm -hmm. And as a father of two girls, uh, one in primary and one in high school, um, I've personally witnessed uh, the change of, of culture, uh, you know, what, what core learning is going on in the schools, uh, what's happening in terms of the social, political um, and entertainment industries of certain indoctrination policies. Um, and I think uh, as a parent, I have a, a moral and an ethical duty to, to make a stand, um, to call things out for what they are, uh, because at the rate, at the current rate of where we're going uh, and what could potentially be next, I, I find it deeply concerning in regards to where certain agendas are heading mm. when it comes to children. Mm. Um, and look, it's, I know um, people on the, on the, on the extreme left of the, of the spectrum will, will probably start throwing labels and, uh, and stereotypes, but uh, gee whiz, mate, it's, it's, it's gone beyond that. Oh. So, uh, Whatever I get called doesn't doesn't bother me yep. anymore. That's that's a soapbox issue for me. Um, what they what we're allowing to be done to our children. So we will have a, a bit of a rant about that one. But um, one thing I do want to ask you, and and it um, I, I need to get it off my chest right from the start. Um, where um, our elected representative is a Labor Party um, factional member who doesn't even live in the district. Um, do you happen to live in the district or are you another out-of-towner? No, no, I live in the heart of the district, Cameron. I live in South Moraine, which is the heart of the Mill Park district. Uh, mm. And yes, you're correct. Uh, correct. Uh, Lily lives in uh, Brunswick 
she, she doesn't live in the district. She's hardly ever seen. Uh, and yes, she, she's part of the uh, socialist left faction within um, the Andrews government and, and his caucus. So what is it with the socialist left that they don't want to live in the area? I mean, we had, um, oh, we've still got Andrew Giles, who, who doesn't live, he lives at, what is it, Northcote, and he's supposed to be the member for Scullin. Um, and, you know, it's like, really? Um, and he's moved his office too. So I'm guessing it's, uh, he's moved, moved it out of the stables, um, I think, to somewhere else. I can't remember where he's moved it to. Um, but, you know, I'm guessing it's, it's to be closer to home. Um, and uh, he's, def- he's definitely moved, Cameron. I actually went uh, past the stables a few weeks ago when I was speaking to local businesses in the area. Um, and I was going to do uh, a live outside of Andrew Giles' office, but uh, the place is empty. Yeah, oh, there you go, Thomastown. He's moved to Thomastown. So he's yes. in High Street, Thomastown now, which which is disappointing. Um, but, you know, from what I've found, I mean, he's, he was very rarely there anyway because every time I stopped by he wasn't in the office. Um, <laughs> so not sure whether it was just because it was me calling or what. But anyway, um, so let, let's have a chat. Um want to have a chat to you about uh, some of the Freedom Party's policies uh, and, uh, you know, see how we go with that. And, you know, for those who, who are listening, who have been listening to the series, this is not about catching the candidates in gotcha moments or anything like that. It's a, a real-world discussion with uh, the candidates who obviously are after our votes. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's matters things that matter to me. Um, and to people that I've spoken to in the area. So we'll, we'll be having a bit of a chat about that. Uh, you mentioned kids before, so I think let, let's kick it off with that one. As I said, it is a soapbox issue for me uh, about what's happening with our children and the, and the indoctrination. Um, what's, what's the... I know that... Uh, I have a look at the policy websites of the, of the party. It says gender transition for minors. Remove the ability for the Doctors in Schools program to recommend or commence gender transition of minors. Uh, Criminalise and classify gender transition therapy and surgery for minors under the category of child abuse and be legally treated in this regard. Uh, I don't think that goes far enough. Sorry, Cameron, uh, in regards to our policy? Yeah, the policy. I mean, it's... um, So... I'm involved in, in the school council for one of the local high schools and something that I discovered during that process was that uh, 12-year-olds, obviously Year 7 kids, are told or uh, not directly told, indirectly told through posters and um, all that sort of, you know, I think brochures uh, in the uh, mental health counsellors or, or whatever they call them, uh, offices and, and rooms that, the age of consent for 12-year-olds is 12, as long as there's no more than two years difference, uh, that 12-year-olds can get it on. Um, understand this is a little bit outside the gender transition, though uh, it's also the thing is that Year 7s are being uh, given classes or being given a session where they create their own badges where they put their pronouns on it. Um, and I think that that's... Absolutely disgusting. I mean, 12-year-olds don't even know what they're going to do from one day to the next and yet here they are creating a badge that's under the uh, conversion anti anti-conversion legislation uh, that was passed is that if your child comes up to you and says, today they're a boy, you have to say, yep, that's fine. If tomorrow they say they're a girl, you have to say, yep, that's fine. If a day later they say, you know what, I'm neither, you have to say, yep, that's fine. Um, Even if they turn around and say they're a cat, you have to say, yes, that's fine. If you do anything else, you're in breach of the legislation and there's the potential for uh, criminal and severe uh, financial penalties for it. So I, I, I don't think that your policy, and understanding it's only a couple of bullet points, but I, I think it should be a little bit more in-depth and actually spell out what crap is going on in our schools. Um, just, just on that, Cameron, um, we have made our position clear. We've done multiple announcements uh, outside of uh, Dan's office discussing this very issue, and there's a few things to touch on. Firstly, our lead candidate in Mulgrave, Aidan McLinden, who was a 
health and wellbeing officer for over 80 schools has personally witnessed and experienced the, politicize, the politicization of this issue. So number one, kids are being used as political pawns. Absolutely. What do I mean, what do I mean by that? They, for example, in 80 schools, he is quoted by stating there were maybe up to five children who may have been, let's say, confused, um, unsure of their identity, and we've made it clear that children need to be shown love, care, affection, and support, and not have ideologies ram down them, not just in the education system, but basically pushing them along the way to make decisions where parental autonomy is not considered, where with the mature minors legislation, um, the more you dive into it, it basically puts the parent in a very difficult situation whereby if the mother or father or guardian, grandparents, um, get involved in regards to maybe trying to um, raise their children a certain way, um, seek their own professional help. When a decision is made with the in-school or what they refer to as their, their in-house doctor um, and the basically the, the leadership of the school, and you can take a few guesses of where that basically ends, mm. um, those two entities or individuals can, it's a bit of a grey area, but it can basically override the wishes of what that parent or parents want for their child. Um, can, can I ask you, Cameron, are you aware of what's been legislated in Michigan? And are you aware that we have publicly announced that we will be adopting that policy? Uh, in regards to what's recently passed? No, Michigan, no. No? Okay. So we have made a statement in regards to this particular topic. Um, and I will would like to quote it and yeah. read it for you word for word. So bear with me because yeah. um, if you can understand why you're campaigning and we're having 15-hour <laughs> days... Um, Basically, Michigan has passed legislation where criminal charges will be laid to parents that basically put this through. Now, I'd like to quote it for you, so mm. I'm just going from the top of my head at the moment, um, and it's something which I, I think uh, you and your viewers should be aware of because, on the one hand, though... It might seem or come across um, as staunch or firm uh, or what have you. Um, it's important that when you dissect what's going on, the, the pushback that is required in regards to calling out this agenda... Mm. and addressing when you look, if you basically go into certain Geneva Conventions and human rights and international law, it, it's basically child abuse, mm. okay? Um, because they will sell it as one... They will sell, they'll sell it as, as one, one, one form of ideology, Um but basically, when you, when you look into it, like I said, it's, it's, you, you can't make this stuff up. You, you really can't make this stuff up. Um, so it was recent, and I think uh, Michigan may be the first state to, to introduce this. Now, don't quote me on that. Um, but it's certainly gathering traction, interest, and the word out there is that... Other states in the US uh, will be following suite, mm. um, but we have made it public. Um, we've discussed this at our launch, and as you can understand, as a, as a small party that's just been registered, 
there's only so much media that would, would cover what we're saying um, and what have you. But there is legislation in Michigan which will basically lay criminal charges on the parents should they um, yeah. push their kids through. Now, we've said that we will blueprint and adopt that policy, which I am not aware of any other party in Australia, let alone other Western democracies, obviously not including Michigan in this case, mm. that have taken a stance as staunch as that. Further to that, um, we are calling out the politicisation of this. We are calling out individual MPs within Victoria, such as Colin Brooks, who hold portfolios, which at the very, very, very least, Cameron, are directly involved in part of the legislation that they're putting through and also what's coming next. Um, we held a, a protest only Saturday that just passed to call him out for his part in this. Mm -hmm. uh, we all know that it's, it's never just one single politician that comes up with a single idea and, and, and puts through things. It's obviously a, a collective of the inner caucus, but the socialist left action are definitely involved. Um, Colin, which holds uh, his portfolio ministry in regards to child services, protection services, basically has a heavy hand to play this. Um, but yeah, our stance is very firm. Um, I don't think any other party in the country has a firm stance in terms of adopting the legislation that's passed through in Michigan, because this is the, the, the staunchest it requires. The, the, the argument or the science behind this is, is, is ludicrous. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I'm not going to quote you, but it, it's pretty clear that when people go down this path, uh, a lot of them regret it. There, there's mental health issues. Um, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Oh. That, that a small child receiving, for example, you know, if they want to go through puberty blockers and things like this, you know, the, the, the taxpayer is going to pay a hundred grand a year. Plus, there's the ongoing cost. Let's, and that's nothing. That just scratches the surface. There's a psychological aspect to this, mm. right? Um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I don't know about you, but I've, I've got a, an eight-year-old and a fifteen-year-old. Uh, what they're being taught in school right now compared to what I was taught. Uh, in high school when I was relative at the same age. It's a combination of what I'll call straight out indoctrination, number one. Number two, poor curriculum is, is not being applied. I mean, the amount of money that's been pumped into the education system is beyond a joke. We're going backwards in the OECD uh, and basic literally, uh, literacy and numeracy is, is flying out the door. That's in, in addition to the digital stuff that's coming in. So, you know, People, they don't read and write anymore. Um, even with general mathematics and arithmetic, yes, we started using scientific calculators and I was in year 11 and 12, mm. uh, back in 2000. But we were taught to think logically. We were taught to think to work things out. Now, these basic com com uh, concepts that I'm talking about right now is out the door. Mm. Mm. Right, it's out the door. So um, in regards to your question, I'd, I'll politely say that I think adopting... Um, and publicly announcing that we will adopt what's gone through in Michigan is the staunchest that we've seen across the world. And we're the only ones to announce that we will blueprint that policy because with, with certain things that are going on around the world, you don't have to recreate the will. Yeah. You don't have to recreate the will. We've um, advocated that, you, you know, if things are proven and tested and tried at a time um, on other policies, and I'm happy to talk about those such as, um, what's happening with, with drugs and the policy we've announced in, in blueprinting what Portugal has done um, is that sometimes you don't have to be fancy. If it's been tried before, it works and you see relative outcomes, relative outcomes where there's a benefit, you know, there's cost-neutral policies. If, if there's something to fix and you've got the equation to fix it, to achieve an outcome, just get on with it. Mm. Just do it because right now, um, if you look at in Portugal, for example, and I'm just going to go off topic for a moment, um, they have introduced a, a drug policy and program where, uh, again, don't quote me, it's been a long day for me, but, you know, heroin use has been reduced by 90%. Drug-related crime is just falling um, at a rate like it's falling off a cliff. And what are we doing here? We're, 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 we're building more, you know, drug-injecting rooms and heroin mm. rooms, and it's just, you can't make it up. So, um 
yes, we have problems. Uh, the, the solutions that the government is, is, is stating that they will fund with money that doesn't exist because we're in more debt than Queensland, New South, New South Wales and Tasmania combined, uh, combined yeah. which is another issue which um, we, we don't know how our children are going to have to pay for that. Um, but no, we said we're copying uh, Michigan's legislation. It will be criminal, jailable criminal um, activity, and it is child abuse. I hope that answers your your concern before about us not going too harsh on it. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, um, but it's, it's definitely something that not only have we announced, but we continue to raise, um, you know, at the least on a weekly basis. No other party independent uh, that I know of has been as vocal and as staunch. And um, I encourage your viewers to, to go back and uh, watch our high noons at 12, which we do daily outside of Dan's office. Uh, we've done, I think, 25 straight days to, to go back and look at our national convention launch, to look at the MCJ report, to look at our uh, posts that when we do have an updated policy or new policy, sorry, should I say, that we're not afraid to make it uh, public and we're sticking by our guns because, like I said before, our lead candidate has witnessed this himself, okay? So he has experience in this field um, as, as a teacher and a wellbeing officer. He's a man of integrity who served in the Australian Defence Force and uh, was actually the youngest endorsed member in Australian political history since Federation of 1901. Um, he served with the Liberals and Catastrophe Party up in Queensland. So I think he's one of the youngest to get into Parliament, but definitely the youngest endorsed. So he's someone who's very passionate, uh, proud of his country, has served in council, in government, in the military, in the education system. Um, and if you look at his credentials versus Dan Andrews in that electorate, mm. uh, Dan's just a glorified office boy who basically... Uh, was in the bureaucracy of government, and all he's done is, uh, you know, spent other people's money and doesn't really call, doesn't really recall anything when he gets out. Yep. Um, now that Michigan bill that you were talking about is uh, House Bill Number Six Four Five Four. It's called Authorised Life in Prison for Child uh, Gender Transition Surgeries. Uh, the brief definite um, blurb of it is to define as first degree child abuse an individual who knowingly consents to, obtains or assists with a gender transition procedure, including surgeries or irreversible hormone procedures for a child less than 18, uh, less than age 18. Uh, first degree child abuse is currently punishable by up to life in prison or prison or shorter sentences at the discretion of the court. Uh, the Michigan uh, legislation website is not playing nice with me tonight. Uh, but if I can, I'll include links to that in the show notes so those who are interested can have a look at it. Um, thank you for that, Andrew. It was um, you, 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 you kindly beat me to that, Cameron, so thank you for doing that. That's all good, all good. Um, yeah, I hadn't heard of it and uh, there, there's quite a few articles uh, that relate to it. So, yeah, I think it is uh, something that, that does need to be said and does need to be made as an election issue, uh, the, the fact that... The supposedly conservative Liberal Party is not mentioning it is uh, disgusting on my part. Um, and, yeah, it, it's something that um, I, I... A little bit of crystal ball gazing, but I can't see the Liberal National Party uh, surviving to the next election, uh, next federal yeah. election. I think they're going to uh, implode after that. I mean, um, I know it's federally, but uh, I, I think Dutton's blown his chance to um, reinvigorate the party uh, and with Susan Lay uh, talking about quotas and, and crap like that, um, I, I think that's just, you know, the, the Liberal Party's going woke and why would someone vote it for is. a woke Liberal Party when they can vote for the, the, the genuine and fascist ones in the Labor Party? Yeah. Um, that- Cameron, if I can just rudely jump in, I'm sorry, yeah. I just wanted to at least uh, confirm with you um, the exact date that... Uh, we announced that and the exact date that I basically shared that announcement. Um, and it was on my birthday, ironically, the 26th of October. I'd just like to read this out to you. State Leader Morgan Jonas announced in Melbourne, Australia tonight that the Freedom Party of Victoria will template legislation recently tabled in Michigan, USA. The public lawmakers in Michigan introduced a bill last week that will classify like minors to undergo gender transition procedures as first degree child abuse, which is basically what you said before. 
So just to put it on record, that was announced on the 26th of October. Of October. 26th of October. All right. I, was that on your Facebook page? Both the Freedom Party of Victoria and my Republic candidate page. Okay. I will hunt that down and there we go. Yep, found it. Um, I just wanted to quote the exact date and what, exactly what was said. So yeah, yeah, pardon the delay there. All good. No, no, all good. I will um, include that link to that in the show notes uh, for everyone else to have a look at. Okay, um, moving on to uh, what's what's the next one? Uh, energy. Okay, now it's we've seen uh, Supreme Leader Andrews get out with his uh, SEC logo um, and you know wanting to reinvigorate the State Electricity Commission um, and supposedly to produce clean, renewable energy. Um, of two minds of that, um, I don't think that, you know, what he's uh, projecting is clean nor renewable uh, because for it to be renewable, it shouldn't be reliant on, on you know, that source being provided. Uh, for example, if the sun don't shine, then your solar panels are useless. Uh, same as if the wind don't blow, then your wind farm is useless. So in that aspect, neither are renewable and I don't think that they definitely don't think that they're clean because of the amount of uh, the amount I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use their language um, the amount of traditional fuels used in their production and the fact that once they uh, get to the end of their useful life, they have to be buried in landfill. So, uh, yep. this topic is, I'll just uh, jump in. This topic is a complete and utter bastard case. <laughs> yes. Just for using, and I'll use, you know, the climate cult zone figures. Australia produces about 1.4% of the world's emissions. We could go 100% green tomorrow, not make a difference at all. In about 100 or 200 years, we might be able to, according to their own figures, reduce the Earth's temperature by about 0. 0.000 and make up another number of zeros and then pluck a, pluck a random number out. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of the current tally, but if you look at how many um, coal-fired power stations China is building, yeah. we're talking about in the hundreds, yep. we've got a few. It is complete insanity. Every call and prediction the UN has made on the climate cult has not occurred. I'm still waiting for the ice caps to fall. I'm still waiting for Santa to uh, jump off his skis and go into a boat because there's no ice caps for him to ski on. We have the elderly who can't turn the heater on in winter because power bills are through the roof. This topic is so farcical, you cannot make it up in your wildest imagination. The world uh, is basically laughing at us, mate. I can tell you that now. When okay. you look... At, at, at energy, or even Australia's natural resources as a whole. So we're talking, you know, you look at our minerals, you look at our uranium, you look at our clean, our clean coal. What type of greenie would want to shut our coal down while um, other parts in the world are opening up dirtier coal-fired uh, coal power stations to make money, to provide energy to have the cost of energy down for business to run and for us to just basically survive. You cannot make this rubbish up. I'm calling it a climate cult because that's what it is. Um, and on the far left's own numbers, you you just – I really don't know how we can have a constructive discussion on this because it's it's complete and utter lunacy. So, so and, and that's the thing. I mean, even, um, you know, going – just looking at the at the one point is that when the blades and the solar cells have reached their useful life, they have to be buried in landfill. So that's obvious enough there that it's got nothing to do with the environment. So, you know, my my position, and you know, it may be putting the tinfoil hat on. Um, whether you wanted to respond to it or not, that's entirely up to you. Um, my view is is that this is all about control because the more that they get you onto a power system that they can control, so we're going to see more smart meters pop in and, and everything like that, 
uh, the more that they can dictate your life. So it, it does tie into something that I do want to talk to you about a bit later on, uh, namely ESG. So, you know, if your carbon credits are too high, we've seen the Commonwealth Bank is pushing out a carbon tracker through one of their uh, um, uh, smartphone apps so you can track your carbon. This is what it comes down to. We've seen California turn around and say, well, no, you've got to have your thermostat at, at, um, at, at set you know, degree. Um, Fahrenheit. If it's not, then if you've got a smart thermostat, well, then the uh, corporation changes that thermostat. So there's that. Um, and and this is what it all is, is that once they move away from uh, traditional energy sources into these uh, new dirty, quote-unquote, green ones, there's more ability to control the population. Um, as I said, that's my thoughts. I mean, you don't have to comment on it or anything if you don't want to. If you do... Full marks to you. I'll comment um, and put it on the record that it's a complete farce. I will call it a scam. It's it's been proven already that every call they've made has not come to fruition. Okay, that is a fact. Every call the UN have made has not come true. Mm. This is not me saying it. The second point I'll make is the numbers do not add up. Thirdly, going back to the previous point. Shut down a few so that hundreds get built elsewhere. I, I really don't know how much I can add to that. Yeah, okay, so and the fourth thing I'll just say quickly, Cameron, is I drive a diesel car. <gasps> I would like to give you a bit of the frustrations that I get. This is a green idea. My diesel car has what's called a DPF, a diesel oh. particular filter. Now, that filter is uh and I've, I've learned this the hard way because I've had issues with it recently, but basically the idea is to capture soot instead of it going through the exhaust. Yep. Now, when that filter builds up, what happens is I get an amber light on my car, which means I need to go for a burn. So on the one hand, you're capturing this very, very fine soot, and when it builds up, I actually need to drive my vehicle for at least 20 minutes to half an hour, and that's on a good run, on a freeway, non-stop, so when that amber light comes up, I ring my wife and I say, darling, I'm going for a burn, which means I need to play certain music, which will keep me calm because of the lunacy of this, and I've got to drive extra mileage to burn that sort out of the GPS uh, filter, right, so that it does a regeneration. That is utter insanity. Yep, uh, so, I'm with you on that one. A, 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 a green idea, I need to drive further, longer, and faster to have soot come out of my exhaust, you cannot make this shit up. And I'm going to use that unprofessional word because it is utter insane. Oh, I mean, totally agree. cannot make this up, mate. And I, and I do this all the time. So I actually, uh, after campaigning all day yesterday and finished up at 8 o'clock, I had to go for a burn. So off I was driving north past Beveridge and Wallen for the simple fact of driving there half an hour, driving half an hour back to simply turn off a light. It makes no sense. Um, and then, it, But then again, common sense is not so common after all. So I, I can't explain why I need to do that. If anyone's got an answer, I'm all ears. Um, totally, yep. The, uh, what is it, Euro, is it Euro 6 standard? Um, I have that same challenge. Uh, with the um, ad blue, um, my my thoughts are is all this is to help China, whether it's yep. the solar panels, whether it's a wind turbine blades, or even the the ad blue, because as we experienced, all that stuff's made in China because we've closed down manufacturing out here. Um, but uh, you're not going to get into uh, any conspiracy theories on that one. But the, <laughs> the, the it, it does. I think the the, the powers that be um, have a lot of questions to answer. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, questions to answer with, with regards to that. Uh, you know, it, it, I mean, my problem is I've got uh, a similar vehicle um, for that one and because it's all got sensors and everything like that in it is that uh, I have to change the oil quicker. Otherwise, mm. all the, uh, the, the crap goes into the oil and then the sensors turn around and say, no, your oil's depleted and then, you know, she goes into limp home mode and I can't drive her, you know, anything over, I think it's 25 or 30 k's an hour. 
which is a, a pain in the kyber. Um, it's very frustrating, isn't it? It is. It is. So, um, and and it's the thing is I believe that uh, all these things are done to control us. Uh, sadly, we as a community showed uh, the powers that be both locally, uh, federally, and internationally that we would uh, submit to anything to stay being a consumerist, and they know that, and so that's what they're going to play on. Um, so. Whilst uh, you know, actually, yeah. While I'm I'm on this bit of a, a bit of a rant, um, how much do you know about ESG? Um, in, in what manner? Sorry. Um, I, I was, have you heard about it? Do you know what it is? Um, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, what what? And and this is just you and me talking. It's um, I'm not asking you for an official policy. Uh, party position on it or anything like that. Uh, though, you know, if we're out in the pub and uh, having that discussion, um, how would you uh, solve that that problem that's coming? In terms of ESG, are we talking environmental, social, social and, and gov- governance? Yep, absolutely. Oh, wow. It's been a long day. It needs to get longer. <laughs> okay. No, okay. no, no. Just, just a, a, a Reader's Digest version. Um, you know, we've seen the. I mean, the the writings on the wall. So it's going to come. Is that where once the central bank digital currency comes in, which is not a, a digital currency and so it's an electronic voucher system, it's going to be that. You know, for example, you and I driving our diesel vehicles, we go and fill up. Uh, I fill up weekly, it's going to get to the point where I put my card in the machine and the machine says, no, you've exceeded your carbon credits for the week. Um, you can't fill up. So then what do I do? Or it comes down to, you know, I might have taken the kids for a drive down to Frankston or Mornington or, or something like that, come back so the car's got me going, you know, the the um, big brother's got me going through the tolls so they know how many Ks I've done. It comes to going shopping and bang, my payment has been rejected because I've exceeded my carbon credits due to the drive and the snacks that we bought on the way. Um, and we see that with uh, the suburban rail loop where the regime was advertising, I think it was 140K for a, um, a diversity officer. So that's all to tie in with ESG, uh, the whole uh, obsession with, you know, quote-unquote green energy is to do with ESG. Um, something that's near and dear to me is the uh, International Standards Organization creating um, payment codes for both MasterCard and Visa card for firearm and ammunition purchases when it used to be just as a general purchase. That's all part of ESG because it's going to come to a point where you go and swipe your card and the card says, nope, you're, you're not a good reputational risk anymore. We can't allow you to buy that ammunition because you've bought too much or we can't allow you to buy you know, that particular shotgun because, you know, that will exceed uh, the reputational risk that the bank is is um, willing to, to accept or tolerate with your purchases. Uh, this is all everything that's coming. Uh, I don't think the, we need the, to put the, a the, tinfoil hat on. The short answer, Cameron, is it's ludicrous, it's wrong, I'm against it, we as a party are against it. Um, we've touched on ESG it, in multiple times on multiple topics, it's wrong. It's another United Nations um, concept discussed in the 80s and adopted then, and it's just rapidly grown ever since. Um, to be frank, it's nothing short of lunacy. It's morally wrong. It's ethically wrong. It's You're talking, again, without going down the rabbit hole, I mean, typical WEF, Mm. slash WHO slash UN typical control and grab um, social credit score similarities with China um, I, I, I'm not going to allow my kids to live under that system in that world I'll, I'll put it that way mm. um, yeah this is something that we can talk about for hours when yep. it comes to you know, that corporate world. I mean, it's just, can we see that it's coming? Yes. Are people awakening to it? Yes. Um, I think there, there is one angle of it being pushed 
I think there is another angle of more and more people waking up to this and pushing back. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just, it's so wrong. Like I said before, yeah. I'm against it. It's wrong in every facet, complete control, but just another great example that you've brought up on, on what we're facing. Um, and you see the relationship that that thought process has with everything else. I mean, what are the key words here? Control, control, control. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, it goes into other facets. Um, you either have a belief. If you, if you are a person that has a higher belief than the government, okay, um, whether that's God, whether it's something spiritually, any, if you're a faith-based person, person in any way, shape, or form, okay, um, we're not talking about a particular religion, any religion. If your belief is higher than the government, then the government wants to control you. Mm -hmm. If your belief system is the government, that is what they want. Mm -hmm. So we've called this out as well. Um, even in our launch, we even made a slogan, you know, you need to choose. It's, it's, it's God or government that you believe in. Yep. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, God in a certain way. What I'm saying is, I mean... You need to believe in, in something above yourself. Well, not that you need to, but if you do, um, then the government sees that as a threat. When you really think about it, mm. the, the government sees that as a threat. And that's why, for example, in communism, well, you know where I'm going to go with this now yep. when it comes to... <laughs> yep. So, I mean, you know, a, a perfect example of that is the um, uh, gay conversion bill that came out now it made it an offence to pray. And, I mean, you know, these are um, immoral. I'm going to, I mean, really, I don't give a shit what they think, but um, they are, these are immoral um, anti-religious people and, you know, they're, I wouldn't even say they're atheists because they are worshipping a, a different god. Uh, but it's to the point where why are they scared of praying? Like, really, I mean, and and this is, something that really baffled me and stood out when I was reading the bill is that it's made an offence to pray for your child for, for, um, for, for guidance or for support with any challenges that they're having. So the only thing that your parent can do is to say, yes, that's right, that's you. Yep. Um, so, you know, we, we know that if the uh, regime is able to form government uh, after November 26th and gets in for another term, that a deal that they did with Fiona Patton was that they're going to remove the Lord's Prayer um, from the, the, the starting of Parliament. Two minds of that, um, leaning more onto the side of that we do need to have it in there and because more from the point of that it sets the standards of the behaviour that the Parliament is supposed to adopt. Uh, for that one, so I think it should stay in there. Um, I mean, if you're going to have a welcome to country, why can't you have a Lord's Prayer uh, for, for that? Correct. Um, and, and last time I checked, I mean, I thought we were in a Westminster system. Yep. Last time I checked, I thought there was a, a constitution, a constitution maybe written around 1901. Uh, last time I checked, Cameron, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if, if we're going to now scrape the barrel and remove the absolute basics of who we are and where we've come from, and we're talking about one-on-one stuff, yeah? Um, what's next? That's, that's my question to you, Cameron. What's next? And, and this touches on what we're talking about right now. It touches on ESG. It touches on what's going on with our children. What is next? Mm. Totally so, agree. Yep, totally agree. Um, if, if you and I were to have this conversation only, only a few years ago, let alone 10 or 20 years ago, mm. um, and I was giving you the questions that you're discussing with me, you'd probably call me a madman and I need to go in the loony bin. Yep, yep. Um, because sometimes we, we have these discussions that we're having right now and I personally wake up the next morning and I think to myself, are, are we really living this? Are we really even having to discuss this? 
Are we ne- do we, why are we required to even make people aware of this? Yep. And it's not rabbit hole stuff. It's not conspiracy stuff. You and I right now are discussing, we're discussing matters that are, have either A, already been legislated, B, being discussed to be legislated, or C, what has occurred and what has legislated, they're already discussing about what's next. And, how, and, and in my opinion, it's... I, I really don't know how to answer you, and I'm not trying to sound unprofessional, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm lost for words, but you cannot make this stuff up, mate. Oh, I totally you agree. You really can't. I totally um, agree. So I'm, I'm sorry I'm stuck for words, but I'm hoping you can... No, 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 it's all good. Can, can sense where I'm coming from because I, I find it... You, when you look at the legality of it... Um, I personally see a lot of what's going on constitutionally wrong, mm-hmm. okay? Um, is it morally and ethically wrong? Well, if you've got no soul, fair enough. But um, we, we need to respect what we have and we need to understand that if we go down this path of everything that we've discussed, I would like to ask your viewers or anyone, or I'd love the challenge of having a constructive debate and have anyone explain to you or me why is this, is any of what we're discussing, um, the challenge that we're facing, a good idea? What is the outcome? What are the benefits? Oh, I, because I, I'm, I'm honestly struggling to find the answers. Yeah, I mean... Um, my- if I pay, if I pay my child, if I pay um, a decent amount of money to send my school, to, sorry, to send my child to school to get an education, why is my child coming home and saying to me, "Dad, uh, there's an eight-year-old uh, child, one day boy, one day girl, and I'm getting in trouble because I can't keep up with what they want to be called"? Why am I having to explain that to an eight-year-old? Yep. Yep. Right. Um, why does that child, why is that child learning about all this stuff, yet when I ask her, have you learned the national anthem, and she doesn't know it, what's going on here? Oh, totally agree. Um, I mean, regular listeners of, of my podcast know my views that this whole uh, gender fluidity, transgenderism, and everything like that is leading into transhumanism. There's even a book uh, that's uh, published, uh, it does talk about the agenda, transhuman, transgender to transhumanism. Uh, it's a manifesto or something like that. Uh, we've seen um, Klaus's offsider. I can't remember, Yuri, Yuri someone or another, he's an evil person, uh, talk about transhumanism and people having implants and everything like that. Um, it, it's my thought and just you know reading what they're putting out there, what they're letting us know is that that's what's coming. It's to make the whole um, acceptance of trans and then once you've become transsexual, that's been accepted. Well, transhumanism is going to be the next bit and that's why the uh, alphabet mafia keep expanding their the, the letters in their little um, um, acronym that they use uh, f- for that. So... Yeah, I've run an account, mate, and I'm not sure how many genders we're up to now. Apparently, it's yeah. in the 40s. Would you like to correct me on that? Or? No, I, I've got no idea. I've got yeah. no idea. Um, and the the other thing for me that is um, equally concerning is the uh, plus in the LGBTQI plus or word plus plus. Uh, one of the pluses includes uh, what they call maps, which is a minor attractive person when way back in the day when I was growing up, they weren't called maps, they were called plain and simple pedophiles. Uh, there's a big push to have that uh, title, t- yeah, have maps recognised and the um, descriptor of pedophile removed from the language because that is, uh, what are they called, dehumanising and something else uh, for that one. So it, it's the thing... Um, the, the it's sick, it's evil, it's wrong, 
and it needs to be called out. It is. It is. Um, okay, and I'm using very polite words here. Oh, uh, I've, I've sworn at a lot of my speeches. Yep. Um, oh. I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, I, I, I even had a passionate speech outside of Dan's office a couple of weeks ago and let off a few F-bombs. I'll let one off now, Cameron. It is fucking wrong. It is. Um, and, and, and that's the that's the, the kind version of me and my opinion on that. Um, um, it is fucking wrong. I'm sorry, but it's it's sick. It's delusional. It's, um, I don't know how any, any parent who is aware of this can stand for this. Yep. Totally and, agree. Totally and agree. As you know, it, the only way that evil succeeds is if good men do nothing. So when I say men, men and women, um, just to be clear, um, I won't ask you to define what a woman is, so you just, I'll, I'll accept that the view of, uh, of two genders. So Was it, was um, it taken on notice twice? Yep. <laughs> recently? <laughs> Yeah, it's just... uh, apparently, you could you could have googled it. Uh, I think uh, the definition in Google is uh, uh, what is it? A uh, an adult female human being. Yes. Yeah, it's five words. Although that's probably changed by now. Oh, <laughs> please stop! Please no, don't try to... <laughs> Google's probably gone in and changed it. Google that. Uh... Oh wow. Um. What is all? No, I can't find that. Anyway, um, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, oh, please. <laughs> yeah, so I won't go there. But you know, that, that's my thoughts. Um, whether you subscribe to that one is, is it's entirely up to you. This is just a, a, a little general discussion. Um, did want to talk about? Uh, well, I think we'll, we'll quickly just go into the uh, firearms policy, if you don't mind, of the Freedom Party. Um, I'm not. Ashamed of the fact I'm not going to hide it. I'm a, a licensed firearm owner. I um, do like clay pigeons um, down the line. I think I'm doing uh, and all that sort of stuff. So um, I'm not a hunter or anything like that. I gave up that years ago. Um, I have uh, some severe uh, ethical and moral opposition to it. Uh, so I'm not going to talk so much about that because that'll get into a whole whole new discussion. Uh, but just about uh, just an overall being mindful of the time just and, and over um, sort of like, you know, a, a high-level view of it if, if we can um, get down yeah, to that uh, bit. Yeah, great question. And, and to be frank with you, the, the website has not been updated because we had one of our candidates actually announce our policy only two days ago. Mm -hmm. um, but the in short, and, and I have nothing to quote from you right now, but we will be having a firearms policy which incorporates and includes a lot of areas that need to be discussed. No, there is and a fair includes, bit on there now. Yeah, there's, there's a big, fair bit going on, and, and I can't answer you that in one in one sentence, but our policy will involve the, the bureaucracy involved in firearms right now, number one. Number two, to take into consideration the concerns that farmers have for pests, okay, and what hurdles they need to overcome, which is completely stupid. Okay, what, what they need to go through is just, you can't make this stuff up. Um, and what's also happening in the agricultural sector. So there's a, there's a lot of overlapping issues which fall under that umbrella. Mm. Um, I hope you can understand, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, we... I mean, how do you control a population? You disarm them. So, I mean, yeah, that's yep. another rabbit hole, again, that yep. you can see where I'm from, but it's something we're addressing. Um, I'm a licensed firearm holder myself. Um, common sense needs to again come back into this policy but I think that um, once that is put in the public domain I'll be very glad to share that with you and go through it with you thoroughly mm -hmm. but to say that we are really looking at it from an angle where the farming and agricultural um, landscape needs to be addressed because this is not just an issue of personal uh, firearms and what that involves, but including members of the community that do live in the country in farming that need to deal with pests yep. and the hurdles that they're facing. So I'm, I'm happy to take that one on notice if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. I want to give you a, a thorough policy um, once that's online so that at least when I'm reading from it, I'm reading it from it officially word for word. Yep, yep, that's fine, that's fine. Um, being from mindful, mindful of the time, we might wrap it up. So um, before we do, um, in 
you know, 15 words or less or, or whatever it is, give us your elevator pitch on why we should vote for you, why we should give you a number one as opposed to um, the the wonderful Lily D'Ambrosio, who is the current sitting <laughs> member. Oh, it's going to be a challenge 15 words or less. No, nah, man, uh, go for as long as you want. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one example, if, 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 if I may, and something I'd like your, your viewers to listen to. Uh, about six months ago, uh, Cameron, the, the team got onto uh, a mission, and that was to expose the, and I know the word corruption goes very deep, but one thing we wanted to do for Victoria is expose the casual preferences that has been occurring in Victoria for many years, uh, a system which we are one of the one or two states left that, that does a group voting ticket. And what that means is that you can vote for candidate or party A. That party can deal with an individual, which we have named and shamed, Glenn Jury, who's been operating in the shadows for many years. And what this individual does is charge a, a winning fee and a retainer and basically harvests group voting votes and shovels them everywhere and everywhere. One example I can give you um, is just yesterday, it's been announced that the DLP have given Rod Barton their number two. I'm not making this up. It's I know. completely insane. It's a disgrace. I know. Now, how jury operates is this. You pay a fee, you get your seat by having the, the ball bounce in a certain way between parties and individuals, and the voter could have voted for a party ideologically aligned on one side, and if he or she or they knew that their votes were going elsewhere, um, I'm pretty sure they'd be disappointed, and that's a polite way of putting it. Now, we made a promise to expose it. I'm not going to go into how many meetings, Zooms, emails, phone calls. We persisted to expose this. It was considered a little bit mission impossible. It was one of those examples, Cameron, where people were saying to us, it's too hard to do. You're never going to expose it. It's been happening for years. Too much money has gone through that system. You guys are just a little guy. Well, I'm proud and happy to say that we have exposed it. We're proud and happy to say that it's even made the mainstream media. And we're happy and proud to say that we are the only party out of the 22 or 23 that's on the group voting ticket to stick to our promise. We have said that we will not operate or deal with this individual in any way, shape or form. And in any way, shape or form, we're the only ones that have stuck to that promise. We created what we refer to as an ethical block to push back on that model uh, with some like-minded parties. Those parties have in some ways stuck to it, but in others done some side deals out there. It's a very, very, very complex system, but happy to put on record that we've exposed the corruption. Unfortunately, some have dealt with him still because they are after self-interest. Our motto is whether it costs us seats or votes, we would not go down that path. We never will, and we've stuck to our promise at whatever cost that may be. So that I will say on behalf of the party, which I'm proud and privileged to be involved from the start and having witnessed that journey. Yes, it's exposed wolves in sheep's clothing. Yes, I've spoken to a lot of candidates from these parties that weren't even aware of this. Yes, I do believe that a lot of the candidates that are in this fight for the right cause will fold into us. Many already have, Cameron, uh, leading up to this because of the exposure. We, I can state on record that on our ballot, we have candidates that come across from One Nation, from the AFP, which did not continue up until recently, and they have folded into us, uh, from UAP, from, uh, I think I mentioned One Nation and the Dems and UAP, AFP. Um, so part of this journey, you can take the easy shortcut way, you can pay a bit of money to increase or just about guarantee a mathematical outcome. Um, but proud to say that we have not done it. Um, when we submitted our group voting ticket, we also publicly announced that officially, even though we were announcing it for many, many, many weeks and months, shall I say, in meetings, on social media, etc. That's from a, a collective or from a party point of view. Mm. Um, individually, myself, 
I have, um, I believe, proven via my actions already, not my words or promises, that I believe in our constitution, in no matter what cost that comes, I have given up my job and career in protest to push back. I have spoken up for our children in, on multiple occasions, both on the grounds and on independent media, because you can understand that our media reach is only so far. Um, and my promise to the people, and I'd like to be measured on on outcome, uh, sorry, on actions to date, is to be a man of the people, for the people, to expose what's happening, which we've done, and to conduct ourselves in a moral and ethical way, uh, no matter what that cost shall be. I know what I'm saying, Cameron, might mm. sound very poetic and helpful, but um, at the end of the day, uh, the sacrifices I've made to put a stop and a hold on my life at my expense and my family's expense um, and the price that we've paid thus far, I hope is a, a sign of what we can possibly achieve. But I believe that at the end of the day, uh, right will overcome wrong, good will prevail over evil um, and the truth will never be hidden. And that's my personal ethos and philosophy. Um, and I, I, I do believe we're going to have some battles that we may win or lose along the way. Ultimately, if you want to call this a war, and I don't mean that in a lateral sense, but I'm sure you understand where I'm going at. Um, ultimately, I think we, we, will, we will win this war. No, it is war. It's a and, cultural war. So don't be you know, embarrassed to call it a war. It no, is, no it, is, it, is, it, is, it is. It is many things on that. It's a cultural war. It's a spiritual war. Um, it's a war of people that lurk in the shadows, etc. I mean, the, the list really goes on. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I could say that in the last two years, I've spent well, a year and a half to three quarters. Um, I've spent one weekend with my children. I've been to every protest pushing back. I've put myself, my name and my reputation in the public domain. Um, I don't care at what cost that comes, because at the end of the day, um, if this is my calling, so be it. But I know that um, in years to come, our children will be thankful. Our children will remember those that spoke up, like what you're doing yourself, Cameron, uh, because at the end of the day, it's our deeds and our actions that are remembered. And uh, it's something that my father taught me. Um, and I lost him at the age of 15. And to this day, it's individuals like him, the morals that I've been taught uh, and the way I was raised that at the end of the day, we are here for our children. Mm. And if that is the most important thing, it is for them. As uh, parents, I personally, you know, it doesn't bother me what what costs or what expense these pushbacks and battles need to happen. There will be no greater feeling um, as an old person where my child can look at me in the eye and, and, and without even saying a word, they will know that dad did his bit in his yeah. way as much as he could have. And, and that's something I think, uh, Cameron, I think I could, you know, in the end, pass on the piece, you know. So yeah. um, it's sometimes surreal that we're, we're living in these times. Um, but you know what? I look at the positives. This is an opportunity. Every problem is an opportunity and our opportunity and our chance is to do the right thing. We owe it to previous generations. We owe it to the Anzacs and we owe it to uh, everyone's past when you think about it. Everyone's past. All, all different cultures have had their wars, but in the end, you know, it's, it's a duty. It's a duty and a responsibility to step up to the plate. And in, in this case, right now, in today's day and age, the way I see it, I will not let my children inherit um, the, the, the madness that is going on right now. And I think that's the bottom line. Yep. I know it. You know it. I'm guessing a lot of your viewers, you know it. Um, but never, never, never doubt what one person can do. Mm. Never think it's too hard. Never believe I can't do anything. I can't say anything. I can't push back. I can't make people aware. 
Um, the last couple of years has shown me and inspired me personally, having witnessed so many people speak up and stand up, that we can actually achieve something, okay? Um, we can overcome these hurdles and we can do them the right way to ensure, like I said before, um, that our kids hopefully don't, don't have to push back. Mm, mm. And um, I think that is the, the, the bottom line here at the end of the day because everything we've discussed has covered on a uh, – we've, we've touched on a lot of topics, but they're all interrelated, and we know that, and I'm sure your viewers know that and your listeners. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot which, which gives me hope, um, and, that, and that passion drives me. Yeah. Yep. So um, that's the longest 15 words I've ever heard. No, no, all, all, all good, man. <laughs> all good. So uh, where can people find you? Um, they can find me on the party's website. I do have a public page for the campaign. Um, if anyone would like to speak to me or or see me through your viewers, I'm, I'm happy for you to pass on those details. Yeah, I'll, I'll include in links in the show I mean, notes. You know, I like uh, yes, there is you know social media out there, but there's only so much. I mean, at the end of the day, if anyone's got any questions, I'm happy for uh, for them to come through you. Um, and if anyone's got um, any concerns, questions, or just like to have a chat or, or find out more about what we've done, what we're planning on doing. Um, or anything like that, I'm, I'm always open. Um, I have, don't think I've, I've never not returned a call or had a discussion. If there's something I don't know, I'll, I'll be honest and say I'll come back. Um, but, um, yeah, I hope that helps. But, yeah. Yeah. Are you the one driving the Freedom Truck around or is that someone else? No, I've, I, a very close friend of mine is organising that. Mm. Um, it is a truck that was used during... Uh, kill the bill. It is a truck that uh, we have used to uh, raise awareness on what they're doing to little children in terms of the experimental stuff. Let's not use the word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, at the moment got the two the boot dead Andrews on it right yep. now. It, it is being driven all around Melbourne uh, every day and every night. Uh, I think there's been some, I mean, I don't have TikTok, but there's been some funny TikTok videos made where just people of the public come and interview us, and I think I'm in a couple of those. Mm. Uh, but again, that's part of the awareness campaign. It's part of just getting out there um, and doing our bit to, to just show people, you know, we're here to make a stand. Yep, yep. All right, too easy. Um, thank you for th- for this, uh, Andrew. It's been uh, really good. Um, happy, happy for it. Um, and... and everything like that. Um, if there's time, um, be willing to do uh, another one later on. Obviously, if there's time permitting before, oh, shit, we've only got 10 days now uh, before the election. But uh, if there's anything else, you know, just won't be another big long one. But if there's a couple of little sound bites that want to add in, um, more than happy to do that and uh, have a quick discussion about any issues that you're finding through pre-polling uh, and everything like that. So... Um, on that note, uh, thank you for joining and um, good luck. Good luck with the election. Thank you, Cameron. It's been a pleasure being on here and I look forward to uh, jumping on again. All right. Too easy. All right. See ya. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.